Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Amen. So Advent, I love the fact that here at Oasis we do Advent. I think it's an amazing thing to, to do, to remember. It's really cool to think that it actually starts the church liturgical calendar, right? So we're winding down our year, but like the global church as a whole, this kind of, this ramps up the year. This is the beginning, right? And so Advent literally means coming or arrival, but we know that it's a time of waiting, right? It's symbolic. It's the, the waiting for the Savior, and so during, during this, this last week, as I was preparing for today, I was kind of reflecting on what that um, historically has been like for Advent. And I, I think it's really cool to kind of reposition your perspective a, a bit and recognize that what we're trying to do here is like recreate the waiting for the original Christ, the Savior, right? So as you read the Old Testament, you see all the different systems of man that did not work, right? And everything that was, they, they, they started to cry out for a savior. They had, um, they operated under the religious law. So if you read through Leviticus, like all these exciting books of the Bible, Leviticus and Numbers, and it talks about all this like just sacrifice and pigeons and blood and goats. And they're just trying to cover sin, but they're not eliminating sin. And they realize that. They realize that they're not empowered to live free from sin. But the prophets then begin to cry out and begin to see, begin to sense, like, wait, something's coming, though. Like, something different and better and real is coming. And so you get to Isaiah, and he begins to prophesy this. So he basically, the Spirit of the Lord is, is, is downloading to him, like, something's coming. He doesn't see it, like, completely. He gets glimpses, much like today, you and I. Uh, I love the verse in First John that says, we don't even know what's, what it's going to be one day, but we know it's coming, right? Like, we believe it's coming. And so uh, I just want to read real quick Isaiah 7.14. This is Isaiah beginning to prophesy about um, the reality that we know now live in. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. So they begin to see like this cry of like, we need a God with us. We cannot do this life, right? And, and, and it's actually the story of many of us. Like the whole Old Testament is kind of like our pre-Christ story, right? We begin to see, I need, this is not working. Whatever I'm doing, I need something else. And so as a whole, the people were crying out. Then Isaiah uh, prophesies again in, ver in chapter nine. He says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And that's, that's what week two of Advent's all about, Prince of Peace. I just think it's so cool. Like, we, we now know kind of all about, like, how God has revealed himself in Jesus. And we, 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 we know what Jesus has taught and what he wants. And, uh, but when they're starting to see, like, these prophetic glimpses, you have to understand, like, they were, they were getting this for the first time. They're like, he's going to be an everlasting father. He's going to be mighty. He's going he's to be stronger than everything else. And he's going to also bring peace. Like that revelation of like, it was, it was, it was mind-blowing. Like we're, we can have peace. Peace is, is possible, right? And so we, we see this desire for it. And I have a definition of peace here. I'm trying to take my time today because uh, my guy back there is translating Jesus. And he's, he told me like four times, you've got to take deep breaths, man. He's like... <laughs> 
Um, he, he, it was like I was walking, he was like, please, like take deep breaths. He's like, all right, so here's your chance to catch up a little bit. Um, so the definition of peace is freedom from disturbance. Freedom, it's like the Webster, that's the, the secular definition, freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Freedom from disturbance, right? So Luke 2, uh, they, they read it with the Advent reading, but just again, it says suddenly, so again, these are shepherds in the field. This is when Christ is being born. And it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. All right, so, so when he's born, when Christ is born, the angels appear and they declare, right? And we, you know, I know that these Christmas passages are like, we know them. They're familiar. We've, we've read them. We've heard them. And it's kind of like you can get on autopilot or just not think about it or just kind of like, yeah, whatever, peace on earth and all this. And, um, but they declared, they actually declared when Christ was born, peace, peace has now come. So in other words, lack, lack of disturbance has now come. So we can say, it's 2023, we can read this very literally for us as Oasis Church Chicago. It'd be saying uh, because of what Christ did, quite literally today, uh, lack of disturbance is here for you, for your heart. Tranquility is available for you. And this is such a convicting thought for me to, to understand that peace is possible, right? Because in today, uh, our world we live in, I've said this before, and I think about this a lot, like stress has become a badge of honor. It is a badge of honor to be busy and to be crazy. I'm just so busy. Like we try to one-up each other with how busy we are and how stressed out we are. And uh, I personally do not do well with disturbance, right? It says peace is lack of disturbance. I hate disturbance, okay? And I know some, some personalities, in fact, some of you in this room, and I respect you and I admire you and I'm jealous and I kind of hate you because you guys thrive, right? Some of you guys thrive on like the, oh, this is happening. I got 57 phone calls and we're just, we're, we're just doing it. We're crushing it. Right. And like, um, we're in court, we're doing this and we're doing that and bring it up at four 30 in the morning and, um, all this stuff. Right. Awesome. I respect you. I'm not that person. I'm not, I don't want any of that. Right. And, and so I had a phone call on Wednesday and I preached a few weeks ago. Uh, some of you guys were here about, about your hands being strong, right? Like, like let your hands be strong in the season. And um, we're, we're in this immigration process for my, my wife and my kids. And uh, on Wednesday, I got a call from our attorney, like, hey, you got to do this now, and this needs to happen, and you got to get an appointment. And I'm just like, no, okay. I was at the office of JP, actually. I was like, it's my lawyer. I got to gotta, gotta go to Schaumburg. There's trap. I just, I'm not, I don't like it, right? Other people step up, and I just want to go home and take a nap, okay? <laughs> like, honestly, that's, on, that's how I see all of that. And um, the other thing with, with, with peace, and I think we can all relate to this, is and this is, I know I'm not the only one, right? But when you're laying awake at night or whenever and you start to have the thoughts and there's just like, for whatever reason, you go down the rabbit hole, right? Completely lost in the rabbit hole of, it starts out like with, I have a weird headache. I've never had this kind of headache. Like, it feels like it's hurting more on this side. You're Googling what is a brain tumor symptoms, right? And then you're, you're laying in bed like, Do, will my insurance cover a brain tumor? <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't, like, I don't know. Um, my son, love our son dearly, he's 14, he's fit, okay? He plays sports. And he, the other day, he's like, he's like, is it possible that I'm having a stroke? <laughs> and we're all like, no, it's not at all possible. He's like, I, I, I saw online that if you're lightheaded, it means you could be having a stroke. <laughs> I'm trying to be sensitive, but I was not sensitive. We were just laughing. We were hysterically laughing. I'm like, and then, he, and then he said, what is a stroke? And we're like, yeah, see, you're not. You're... Or 
have any, I don't know if you guys have, we, we've all learned to stop Googling medical symptoms. Hopefully we've learned, right? We've all done that. But have you Googled, is it possible for a nuclear warhead to land in Chicago? Anyone? I've done that, right? And so, yeah, it is, right? But again, these are the things, and you just start going down, you just start going down the trail. How long of notice would I have? Like, is there sirens for that, right? And you just go and go and go. But, but seriously, seriously, I know we can make light of, of stress and worry, and some of us are better at that than others as far as, like, controlling it. But there are times where, like, that bug hits, right? And you, like, cannot stop your mind. Like, you just start going down the street, and you can't shut it off. Like, what if this thing happens? How will I pay? Like, how will, how will we make it, right? And then that leads to another thing. And, and it, it, can, it can just grab a hold of your heart. And it's convicting because I, I know I, I deal with this, or I have dealt with this. And it's convicting because I know peace is possible. Like, it's possible. And not only is it possible, but your soul, God created you in his image and likeness. Your soul was created to be at peace. And so that's why when we're not at peace for extended periods of time, we have like symptoms. I mean, anxiety and other things and, 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 and insomnia and, and all these other terms that we can throw around uh, because it is a lack of peace, lack of, which is a lack of disturbance, right? We, so we have disturbance. And there's a bunch of words. Uh, the opposite of peace, I looked up a few. Um, the opposite of peace is distress, disharmony, agitation, discord, fighting, hate, hatred, and all these things that unfortunately we see in our lives when Jesus came to earth and died and declared to us that peace is possible. So as I wrestle with this, and I have wrestled with this, truly, I mean, I, I desire in my prayer so often as Father, I don't want to, to live with this, like, like, wide awake at three in the morning trying to figure out, like, multiplying and doing math in my head to see if things are gonna work out and all this stuff and, and, and just following those trails and, and just trying to break out of it. But I see this, this, this story in Isaiah, and I just wanna kind of walk through this. This is a, kind of a famous story, uh, but I think it teaches us a lot about having peace. Okay, and so in the Bible, in Isaiah chapter six, there's this famous revelation of God. There's a song we sing a lot here at Oasis about this. It's actually called Isaiah six. So in Isaiah six, um, the verse starts out, and, and I love context with the Bible. You can, you can learn so much more uh, if you start to study context a little bit. And it says, the, the passage starts, uh, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, right? So right there, we can stop there. Uh, king Uzziah was king of Judah for 52 years, okay, 52 years. So that was stability for Judah. Uh, that was a lot of things happening. In the year he died, there would have been incredible instability. So we have an election cycle every four years, okay? Um, the last time I was in the U.S. for an election was 2004, but I've heard they've been a lot of fun recently, so we have one coming up next year, right? And like, I, we should all be praying now, starting now, right? Just from afar, like from out of the country, it just seemed insane, okay? Uh, and so I'm kind of weirdly, even though I don't like being disturbed, looking forward to being here for the next one, okay? Um, but imagine 52 years of, of stability, 52 years of having a ruler, a king, being led, and then all of a sudden not having one. So that, that, that is the context for this passage in Isaiah. So all of a sudden it's like, what's gonna happen? 
How, what, like, nobody knows. Nobody knows who the, like, how the next king will reign. Will it be like Uzziah? Will it be different? They have a history. They know from history that at times their kings are not good, that bad things have happened, division has happened. Now, there, there's a lot happening here in this, in this physical realm, and Isaiah is living in this time of instability. And so knowing that, knowing that there is kind of a lack of peace around, it helps us understand what follows. It then says... I saw the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. High and exalted, seated on a throne. And could you guys, I know you, you may have heard this. Just try to picture it with me. It says, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Just, just take a second, try to imagine this scene. Again, at times we just read the Bible like as if it were a novel. But just imagine this. Imagine he's in a time of like stress. What is gonna happen? He's trying to, you know, he's thinking through it. He's praying. He's seeking the Lord though, which is key here. Right? And then, boom, there's a vision of the Lord. And he, he sees this. And I don't know if it was like quick, if it was really long, but just like this, this, this the revealing of who God truly is. Right? And it was like obviously mind-blowing to Isaiah. Just, just, just how could you even process getting a glimpse of actually seeing God? Right? And then, uh, Verse four, it says, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook. The temple was filled with smoke. Verse five, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Woe to me, so I'm gonna be full transparency. Um, I never understood this, this woe to me. I was just like, why? Like, I, there's plenty of Old, pas Old Testament passages where people have an encounter with an angel or with God and their reaction is like, oh, like, transparency. Um, I would, I would thought like, it'd be awesome, right? Like, yes, right? Like you see God like this, yes, God is here. Ah, and everyone reacts this, this way of like, oh, they, they cover themselves and, and it was just kind of like my private kind of like, why? I don't, I, what, I mean, the woe is me. I mean, really, is that the first reaction? And, and one day I was, I, I was, stressed out about something. There was lack of peace for sure. It was like a provision thing. I didn't know what was going to happen. This was a few years ago now. And so I was just really, really stressed. And I, was, I had a bad attitude about it. I, I was just really kind of in like this doubting down cycle. And all of a sudden, one of my prayers was answered in a way I wasn't expecting. There was provision I, I wasn't expecting, but it showed up. Everything, long story short, everything was fine. Okay, everything was fine. Years ago, this was a huge deal to me but everything turned out fine. So I had this, this tradition kind of custom where I would go on walks and pray. So the next day I was walking where I always used to walk and pray and it hit me. I was walking, I was like, man, I, I was like embarrassed before the Lord. I was like, God, I just got in the news that like, oh, everything is gonna be fine. The provision is here and I'm walking and all of a sudden I was like, God, I'm sorry. And then it hit me, that's the woe is me. That was it, it was like, I'm again, I was doubting, again. I, I, like I was like ashamed to go back to prayer and say, it's me again. Remember yesterday when I was freaking out, right? Remember when I just did not think it was possible and like I had zero faith and I was totally stressed out and I just wanted to throw stuff and take a nap. It's like, I'm here again. I'm sorry. Next time's gonna be better, right? 
ah. But then we, get our, we find ourselves in another stressful situation, in another situation. And again, we're like, man, I know God has answered my prayers like 1,612 times, but maybe this time, right? Like, is this the time it doesn't happen? Like, is this the time when I'm left hanging? Is this the time when he's not, when he doesn't show up? Like, is this the time when all of a sudden I'm just gonna be like, look like an idiot. I'm gonna look like a fool because I've stepped out in faith and now it's not gonna happen. And, and the, this is, and then we see his hand yet again. And when we see that perfection of God, that's the, oh man, I, I'm, I, I wish I would have had more faith, right? I wish I would have been like, I believe it's gonna be fine. Because when, when we see it, when we are before the Lord, when we feel his presence, when we see the answer, when we know, we just know in our hearts that he is God in that moment, in that moment, we, we wish we would have lived that way yesterday. And so he says, woe is me. But he's humble, right? I'm a man of unclean lips. In other words, I'm sorry, right? I'm sorry. Verse six, then one of the seraphim, which are angels, uh, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Immediately. All he was was humble. And immediately, there, there is like this purification process. So again, it says, it touched my mouth. The Lord, has the Lord has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Can you just imagine the peace in that moment? And that's where I want to kind of get to. Just imagine. He's before the Lord. Awesome. I mean, just overwhelming, maybe terrifying, right? But then he hears, you're good. You're good. Not only are you good, but you're, you're purified. Like the, like the, what else would matter? Seriously, what else would matter? In all of life, what else would matter? You are before the creator of everything, right? The, 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 the power and for him to look at you and say, no, you're good though, but you're good. Just like the, and I just imagine the peace in that moment. There's so many things there that, that we can grab. I, I try to like make points. I could not decide on points, so I wrote down a ton of them, right? Real quick. Peace is found in his presence. I was like, I don't know if that's, a, like peace is determined by the priority God holds in your life. Uh, my frequency of encounter with the Lord determines my peace. Peace is found in the Father, right? All these different things. I couldn't decide, so I just decided to write them all down. But like, as we're worshiping, it just hit me like, if, if you need peace, that is only found in the Father, right? And so just imagine Isaiah going from like this moment of turmoil, what's gonna happen? He has an encounter or he's in the presence of God or he, he at least knows to go to the Father. He has his vision and now there's this complete just like oh, relaxation. But humility prepared him for peace. And that is a huge lesson. Humility prepared him for peace. A lot of times the reason we don't have peace is because of things like envy, jealousy, um, uh, 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 comparison, right? Like I'm looking around like, why, why is that not happening to me? Why don't I have this? Why, why am I not doing this? All these things, right? And that robs you of your peace. And humility is the answer to a lot of that, right? Like, oh man, that's awesome that they, whatever, drive a Mercedes. I don't need that, whatever. Whatever it is, I'm, I don't know. I digress. Maybe that was for someone in particular. If it is, awesome. Um, but humility prepares us. In Philippians, Pastor JP read this uh, with, the, with the offering. I love this verse. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious, right? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's humility. And then here you go. Here's a promise 
It says, and the peace, peace of God, the lack of disturbance found in God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. One of my favorite quotes of all time, I say this all the time, we've talked about this all week. One of my favorite quotes is a pastor, his name is Bill Johnson, and he says, if you wanna have peace that passes all understanding, you have to give up your right to understand. And that's humility. That's saying, okay, I do not get this right now. I don't have to get this right now. I'm just laying it down. I, I mean, Father, I just want, I just need you. I just need to see you. I just need to be in your presence. If I hear from, from, from the Lord, from my Father in heaven, if he says, hey, you're good though, like, okay, then everything else around me can fall to pieces if it has to, okay? Because I'm good. And, but, but humility gets you there, right? And so then we have Isaiah and peace. And this is, this is an important next step. And, and I wanna kind of bland with this. In Isaiah 6, 8, then it says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. This is a famous on coffee cups, t-shirts verse, right? Like, He's in the presence of the Lord. He has been purified. There is peace. The next step is God saying, all right, now who's gonna go? Who's gonna, who's, who's gonna do something? And Isaiah's reaction, could you imagine though, he's like before the Lord, he's all freaked out before he knows now. He sees God, the woe is me, I'm forgiven, I'm good. And God says, now I need someone to, to, to help serve me and to do my will on this earth. I honestly read this with like Isaiah jumping out of his shoes, right? Like, hey, me, there's probably no one else there. And he's still like, me, hello, I'll do it. Send me, I wanna do it. And I think that, you know, the Bible talks so much about fruit, right? Like there's all this evidence of, of being with the Lord. Fruit of peace is then action in peace, right? And this, this is so important. Like a fruit of being at peace with the Lord is that now in peace we do for the Lord, right? So we receive peace and, and the only possible, when your heart is, is, is calm, when there is a lack of disturbance, you can then see clearly what needs to be done for the Lord. You're not white knuckling it through life anymore. You're not just like trying to get to the next week, right? Next paycheck, just gotta get to the next paycheck. Like when, when you have perspective and you see, okay, God, but God is for me. And so even though I'm, I, I mean, paycheck to paycheck, the King of Kings is looking out for me. The Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, quite literally, is looking out for me. So now I can uh, set aside my stress, my worry, my fear, say, Lord, okay, what do you have for me, Father? What do you have for me? And just like your soul was created to be at peace, your soul was also created to do in peace. You were actually created to be in movement and action and to be used by a living and holy God, right? That is part of your makeup. Just like, just like you will be, you will be you know, in joy, you will have joy, you will live at peace when you're obedient, when you understand all that we've talked about, right? But also some of you, you may be missing this other step. Well, your soul was actually created to, 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 to joyfully and peacefully do for the Lord. And so I just want you to know there, there's opportunities for that. I mean, I'm sure that God in his wisdom and mercy will reveal to you guys in your everyday life, right, what you could be doing, but also in the church. We need, we want, we desire for you to feel like this is your church, like you're a part of this. Like you can serve and, and help and be here and work with kids or stand at the door and say, hey, or whatever, be on camera, whatever it is, right? It's not the point. The point is that I truly believe that for some people, this, this is a peace that is missing is not only receiving his peace, but doing in his peace. So I would just invite you, I would just invite you guys this week as we reflect, as we look forward, 
as we wait for what he's gonna do this holiday season, this Christmas in our lives, like when this attack comes, like this lack of peace, when it, when it shows up, guys, just, just that's when you run to the Father. That, that's it. There isn't like some awesome 17-step process, 20 burpees a day, and no. Like it's, it's run, it's to the Father. And if you feel like you're, you've, been, you've been dragged down by some kind of guilt, shame, something in your life that's like kept you from living this peace. Like Isaiah, you, you look to the Father. Some of you guys, you may be living with like this woe is me mentality. Woe is me all the time. Like, man, I'm just, I'm not, I can't look at, I can't. Like even in worship, like you can feel it in your heart if you're sitting here in worship. And as we're worshiping, you just feel like this, ah, I don't know. Please, please hear me today. As soon as Isaiah said, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips, immediately he was purified. Immediately. And that, that, that hot, the, the image of the hot searing coal that purified him from any uncleanliness. Like this morning, that is 100% available to you. Your father would look to you and say, hey, you're okay. And, and, and church, if we, are, if we are in his presence and we, we know that we are forgiven, we are set free, that, that peace is for you, right? It was declared, it is for you. It is for your household. It is for your workplace. It is your inheritance in Christ. And if we know that, guys, we can just take a deep breath this morning and be like, man, thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And then later, if it's immediately, if it's whenever, and we, we just hear this, but there's stuff to be done here, guys. And I just want to remind you, the Bible says that those who wait in the Lord, those who wait, those who hope, we heard about that last week. If you missed last week, you should listen to it. It says, those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. No, not the white knucklers, right? Not like the, oh, not like the three in the morning calculator math people, right? But the, those who wait in the Lord, those who hope, those who are like, man, I just got to get to the Father right now. I got to get to his presence. That's where the answer is. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary. That's a promise. And I'm going to be honest with you. I want that. I want more of that in my life. I need that. I, the run and not grow weary. But it tells you right there, those who wait in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, will run and not grow weary. So I just want to end this morning. Um, I asked Eric to sing this song. And I want to invite you guys to stand. And I just want to take a few moments and worship, worship. I mean, if you, you, you need to get, if you, if you felt like this lack of peace, you, you need to get before the Father. That's, that's, the only, that's the only way. And you need to be able, just like Isaiah did, just offer your life to him. You need to be able to offer up your life to him before him and say, Father, I need this. And you can be brutally honest with God, right? I need this peace, but here, here's the thing. So we don't have to say, woe is me too much. I believe it's coming, Father. I believe. I believe in faith that what has kept me up now, I don't know exactly how you're going to do it, but I believe you will do it because you have done it before. You'll do it again. You've done it so many times. And I will continue believing every single day that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? So just right where you're at, if you feel comfortable raising your hands, please do. And we're just going to worship for a few moments. I saw the Lord seated on his throne. He was clothed in glory, his 
in the train of his wrong It filled the temple And the angels circled round
Oh